uh, it's a hard thing to hear, but I, I do think that patience is important. I, I do think that patience is important. And I think that you might think that you know everything there is to know about something, or you might think that you're 100% ready to take the next step, like I did when I decided I wanted to go be director of marketing and lead a whole uh, marketing unit. Um, but once you get there, you might find uh, it wasn't what it was all made up to be. You know, like right. a lot of it uh, is, is, is kind of the harsh reality that you face. And I, I probably could have used a few more years in the oven cooking, right? All right. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co. A quick welcome to all of our recent TMH community members that have joined and a big thank you to our TMH Plus members that have joined in the last couple of weeks. Great to see you uh, in there. Welcome aboard. Now, these are marketers that have taken a huge step in managing their careers, and you can see what they have access to uh, by going to themarketinghelp.co forward slash membership. Check it out. Okay, that opening clip you heard was from our episode guest, Tom Tate. Now, Tom is one of the directors of product marketing at Phenom, and Phenom is a talent management experience platform mostly focused on supporting enterprise businesses. Now, in that clip, you heard Tom talking about a learning from one of his career moments when he went from a manager to a director. But in the episode, uh, Tom talks about how the transferable skills he leveraged from his roles as an admin assistant for a property management company, how he leveraged those skills to land a project management role, and then as a project manager, how that was a great pathway into product marketing. Now, Tom gives some super great tips on how to make your next one-on-one meeting valuable for both marketers involved. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Tom Tate from Phenom. Here by Tom Tate. Tom Tate is a director of product marketing at Phenom. Tom, welcome to the episode. Thank you so much, Eric. Uh, super excited to speak with you again. We've spoken many times, but yes. excited to speak yes. on the podcast. Absolutely. And and I'm excited to get into this conversation because, uh, you know, we've worked together in the past, but I, I look at you as somebody who's really, you know, leader in the product marketing space. So I can't wait to get into that section a little bit later. So let's start off here by just telling everybody a little bit about where you work. You work at Phenom. So, so enlighten us about what Phenom does and what your role is there. Yeah, definitely. So Phenom, uh, we're based in the Philadelphia area. So we're in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Uh, but we're, we're really a global company. And Phenom is a SaaS or a software as a service platform. And Phenom spans the entire employee life cycle. So we have a huge piece of technology, you know, from the first career site visit of a candidate, all the way to getting hired to getting you know, in the position where you're developing your career path once you are hired. Uh, Phenom can have a very uh, fruitful role across that entire product life cycle. Um, so we have multiple product lines. Uh, they can be configured to meet the needs of all of our customers. We're typically in the enterprise space, uh, right. so large customers. Uh, but career sites, conversational chatbots, we have a CRM, uh, which most marketers are familiar with, but we have a CRM that's tailored for managing and engaging candidates, job seekers. Uh, we have an employee portal, mentoring, career pathing. We do a lot. So we have all these different uh, product areas that can be configured. Uh, and our purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. So we're nice. a very uh, purpose-driven company. Yeah. Uh, and when we think about that, how can we do that with technology? A lot of it is powered by artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, and all of these different pieces of the platform. Nice, nice. And you know, I've, I've known with Phenom for a while, and I guess you know, watching them evolve to where they are today has been pretty interesting because of not just the landscape of uh, jobs and careers, but also introducing that AI component to it too. So we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper into your world in Phenom in a little bit here, but sure. this is a career moments episode. So let's start here by, listen, marketers want to know where other marketers started and how they followed their path. So when I, when I think about your background, and this is why I love uh, the idea, the fact that we're having you on this episode is um, English major is where you started mm -hmm. out. Correct. Yes. And the question I like to ask every marketer is, did you wake up uh, before university knowing you wanted to be in marketing or marketing kind of something that was a, a secondary choice? So take us from English major to your, you know, first, um, your first job out of college. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I majored in English and history. I was a dual major. And I guess I always kind of romanticized about being a writer, a journalist, you know, a storyteller. 
And I figured I would teach on the side. So I teach and, and hmm. kind of dabble in all these different passion projects and side projects I, I, I had. You know, I wanted to be a, a novelist. I wanted to write film scripts, all the romantic, romantic things that a, a college student would do, you know, in between, you know, drinking beer and, and eating pizza. Um, I actually didn't like college. Right. So I, I wanted to work. I wanted to get out into the working world. So I, I accelerated my way out of college. Um, nice. I took every winter session I could take as many credits as I could cram into the summer sessions. And I just stayed on campus and just try to finish things out. And when I finished, um, I, I finished right at the worst possible time for anyone to graduate. It was the economic downturn of 2008. Right. Yep. So it was not a good time for a college graduate to kind of come out and, 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 you know, have all these amazing offers just waiting for you, just lined up. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, not a great time for an English major. Uh, I decided I didn't want to teach uh, and it was really hard to f- find a job. Right. And a lot of my peers were struggling too. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't go to school for, for marketing at all. Um, toyed around with potentially going to graduate school, but I didn't want to uh, take on more debt. So I took the first job that I could find, which was from a connection from my dad. Right. So really the first job out of college, it, it just came through making some of those earliest connections. Connections, yeah. Uh, and I worked for a, a property management company in Philadelphia and they, they managed uh, low-income housing throughout the city and tri-state area. And it was, it was kind of a, it's kind of a glorified administrative assistant role. You know, yeah. I was, I was filing papers, you know, I yeah. was uh, answering emails. I was doing a lot of uh, I'll say grunt work, you know, for yeah. a couple of different departments at the time. Uh, but it was a really good introduction to kind of the working world, the corporate world. Um, and I, I had some great leaders there. Uh, so I can talk a little bit more about that, but I don't know how far, how deep you want me to get into it. So, so, I mean, that, that's just the transition from college to tapping into the network to find that first paying role, right? Grunt work, doing the glorified first administrative, paycheck. first paycheck. Exactly. So yeah. then from there, you're probably figuring got some work experience under my belt. Recession's kind of clearing up. Uh, and then from there, you move to an agency? That's right. Yeah. So while I was at the management company, property management company, um, I really excelled with uh, starting to manage projects. Yeah. Uh, I started to get these special projects because people were, were recognizing like he's really good at... Um, Excel spreadsheets, and he's really good at keeping people to task, and he's really good at being able to map out all these moving parts and all these components. And uh, I kind of evolved into kind of this micro project manager at that role, even though that wasn't my role. Uh, and it turned out to be something I was really passionate about. So uh, once the economy started to pick up again, uh, I began looking for other options, uh, and I ended up taking a role at a company called Context. Uh, they've since become a pretty big agency in Philadelphia, a creative agency and development agency called Eastern Standard. Mm-hmm. Um, they merged with another company, and uh, that was fantastic. You know, it was a small web development company. Uh, we only had about six people, but it was really scrappy. Uh, it was closer to home. It wasn't in Philadelphia at the time, um, and I was just given this amazing opportunity to manage web development projects, uh, and I was able to work with. A lot of different companies in, in that agency environment. So I was working with creative agencies. Uh, I was working with um, art studios, branding agencies, because we were just doing the development, just the builds, website builds, special project builds. Uh, so we would work with creative agencies on the side. But this is kind of where I, I got the marketing bug. Mm-hmm. I was working mostly with our clients. I was working with their marketing departments, You know, people who were doing rebrands, website redesigns. Uh, and I was getting introduced to a lot of the different roles and responsibilities in marketing by being a project manager on this other side, on the agency side. Um, and it was fantastic, you know, just being able to get exposed to that. Um, on the web development side, I get exposed to SEO, um, you know, and, and starting to understand search engine optimization just by osmosis, just by uh, soaking it all in and understanding bits and pieces as I went along, even though I was just the project manager. Uh, and I spent a lot of time kind of just building out these, these skills at that role. Now, well, you got the, so going from your um, the uh, administrative assistant role to the agency. Was it a friend said, "Hey, I know somebody who works at this place. You should, you should check it out to be a project manager," or did you say, "Was it I'm looking for an agency because I know what agencies do," or was it I'll find the first available role that that when I search for project manager and that's yeah. how you found context? For for sure, uh, 
I, I want it to work for an agency for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you'll see that as it's a bit of a trend in, in my career path, right? My career <laughs> history is like I've bounced around to a, def- a bunch of different uh, environments, you know, so I'm in enterprise SaaS now, you know, but, but I've been in kind of SMB, you know, mm-hmm. self-service SaaS before uh, I've been on the agency side and it's taken me some time to kind of find where I fit, you know, where I, where I want to fit. And, and you'll kind of see me bounce around a little bit because of that. And, and in this instance, uh, I've recognized that my project management chops, you know, were kind of blossoming, you know, and I was getting recognized for that at, at my job. And, yeah. and I thought, Hey, I can do this full time. Um, yeah. and, and I would, without all this grunt work that I'm still doing on the side too. Uh, and, uh, I wanted to work in technology. I wanted to work, uh, in the Philadelphia area. So I just went on a, a, the hunt, you know, all the different technology agencies, uh, in Philly, and it was just the perfect opportunity and a great group of people that I was able to meet and just gelled with, you know, right off the bat. Got it. So context agency world, your eyes, like how you put it, you got the marketing bug. So yeah, you're yeah. passionate about it. You looked into it. You started uh, probably developing your skills on the side, uh, osmosis by listening to clients. And then you decide it's time to look for something else because was it I'm done with agency work or was it you were driven to let me go flip to the other side and go work you know, in-house for marketing? Yeah, for, for sure. So you know, I think anybody who's in the agency world, uh, it, it you can get burned out pretty quick, right? And yeah. I think that there was a bit of that. You know, I was starting to get burned out a little bit. Uh, when I started at Context, I was not married. I got married while I was at Context, uh, and I also had my first child. So yeah. I think a lot of it too was kind of recognizing some of the changes that were happening uh, in my personal life and wanting a little bit more stability. Um, you know, no longer working those nights and weekends, responding to. Uh, <laughs> client emails, you know, and just being on on hold. I was traveling a lot too, uh, being on site uh, at different client locations. Uh, so I think it was uh, part a quest for some stability. Uh, but then also, like I said, I, I wanted to get more exposed to uh, how a individual company takes a product to market, mm-hmm. right? And all the moving parts that go into that. Um, and you know, that's where I ended up in my next role, which was a Weber, mm-hmm. uh, where we worked together yep. and, uh, a Weber was like this perfect role for me because it was a project manager for the marketing team. Uh, so, you know, I knew I wanted to move into marketing. I wanted to start kind of migrating into that area. And here was a role where, uh, not only would I be doing what I was good at and what I was passionate about project management, but I, I would get all this exposure, uh, to kind of the the various wheels that were turning on the, on an in-house marketing team. Uh, and it just felt like the perfect role for me. So that's kind of how I, uh, discovered it. And, and, you know, luckily things worked out. It's interesting you say that because, you know, just to call something out from, from the hiring manager standpoint is, you know, for, and for those listening and saying, how can I get into a marketing role? Cause I think you tapped into something that's, that's going to be critical for our audience because a lot of, uh, there's a lot of audience members that want to get into marketing. They don't know the entry point. But it sounds like, you know, here's an option. If you're organized and detailed, project manager, uh, because there's chaos to be managed in every marketing team, but there's hiring managers that are looking for that sort of stability in a project manager. And uh, I know when I built that that job rec, the focus was because I had, I had worked with teams that had a pro- project manager before, you know, it's necessary for any marketing team, but you know, and you were a great fit for it because you came from the agency world, you knew the channels and therefore plugging right into the marketing team itself was a great fit. So for anyone listening, this is a, could be a path for you if you're looking to get into the marketing side, yet you're someone who's switching from a different industry or career, but you're organized, this could be your path. Um, and what's interesting is while you're at Aweber, I mean, maybe talk through your transition from project to product. Yeah, yeah. And and. You know, before I really jump into that, I'll comment on something you said. Yeah. For anybody who's really trying to get their foot in the door into a specific marketing role, I think one of the best questions you can ask is what challenges are they really trying to solve? You know, like what challenges is this organization trying to solve or is this marketing team trying to solve with this role? And it might not always be that clear on the job description. The job description is is 
often very focused on who are we looking for and what type of person are we looking for and what will this person do? And I think if you ask, you know, what challenges are you trying to solve? You'll get to some of those uh, answers like you just described of what you were, what challenges you were trying to solve for the marketing team at the time. Um, and if you don't have the exact experience that they're looking for, once you understand what challenge they're trying to solve, you can look at your adjacent skills and you can look at other experiences that you do have, and you can probably make a pretty strong case for how you might be the right person to solve some of those challenges. And it might surprise you and it might surprise them because that might not be spelled out specifically on the job description. And to speak to your point about kind of moving from project management, uh, project management to marketing uh, on the AWeber side... I realized that as soon as we solved the challenge at AWeber of needing this marketing team to be kind of a well-oiled machine who can self-manage projects, there won't be the need for a project manager. So I knew going into that role uh, that this marketing team probably doesn't need a project manager forever. So Mm -hmm. when we get to the point where it's a bit more self-sustained and that challenge is solved, what other challenges can I solve? Uh, and that was really eye-opening to me and gave me a ton of opportunity once I was in that role uh, to work with you and work with other cross-functional teams to identify challenges, you know, additional challenges, because there will never be a shortage. You know, there will always be new challenges to solve. Uh, and it just so happens that at AWeber, um, we had a need for product marketing. We didn't have a, a specific product marketer on the team. Um, and our product team was evolving. They were growing. They were um, changing their formations a little bit. They were working on new products. They were fixing existing products. Uh, there was definitely a need, a challenge in, in place to have somebody um, who was keeping up with all those changes, making sure that our customers and prospects were seeing what we were doing, uh, making sure that our positioning and messaging was accurate, was effective, uh, helping to launch new products. So those challenges existed. And once I freed up more capacity, like it was really um, an opportunity for me to just jump into those gaps naturally. And and we'll get more into kind of the the nuts and bolts of product marketing sure. um, after the break here. But you know, so Aweber was a more of a, tra- a very transitional role for you, where it allowed you to um, migrate from the project to product, and then that led you to your next role. So so talk about that next transition to um, the role after Aweber. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, from a Weber, uh, I became director of marketing for a company called Neat Edgar, which was a uh, another SaaS company. Again, small. Uh, you know, they were. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can say this under 10 million uh, ARR. Uh, and you know, Meet Edgar was an interesting opportunity for for me, uh, where I I felt like I had to take. I believed that I had to take this next step in my career, right? Mm. And I think this happens to a lot of people in their career where they get a tug that says, it's time for the next thing, right? And for them, the next thing might feel linear, you know, uh, where I'm I'm a product marketing manager, next step, linear step is senior product marketing manager, right? right. And the next, you know, step might be director of marketing or director mm-hmm. of product management. Um, and I felt like, I had this linear path that I had to follow, right? And the next step for me was director of marketing, you know, and, and kind of running running the show. Uh, I felt confident, I felt ready, uh, and it was an interesting transition for me. Where as soon as I got into that role, I realized that I, I bit off more than I could chew, right? Mm-hmm. I bit. I realized that um, it wasn't what I had baked in my head, you know, when I actually started getting into it and started doing, doing the work and doing the role. Uh, and it was also a transition to a much smaller team, you know, and I didn't take into account all of those things too. So, uh, I don't have any regrets, but I would definitely sure. say that was, uh, an opportunity in my career path where I had a course correct. Like I had to actually step back and say, uh, I believed this was what I wanted. You know, uh, I wanted to be, you know, the manager, the leader of a marketing function at a company, um, and I rushed into it. Uh, and I, I think it was an opportunity to step back and say, "Hey, this isn't where I I, I need to be. This isn't where I'm going to provide the most value, you know, for an organization, uh, for a team. This isn't where I'm going to grow the most." Um, and then I was able to course correct, right? And and it was really 
organic process. It was a very open process with my manager too. Um, it was really, uh, really unique opportunity at that point in my career. Uh, and then after that is how I ended up at Phenom. When you were interviewing for that role, what do you think you did to position yourself to um, the hiring manager there that they said, this is our guy? This is the director of, pro- uh, of marketing for our team. Yeah, for sure. So I, you know, I, I've ever since working in the agency, right, working for a development company, uh, I learned about the concept of a full stack developer, yeah. right? And I've always looked at these full stack developers who could do everything, you know, uh, JavaScript, PHP, HTML, CSS, the whole nine, right? They could do all the things, right? I always looked at them and I thought, um, you know, those are your Swiss army knives. You know, those are the people where if you have any gap whatsoever, they can come in and fill it and, and take a team across the 10 yard line, you know, across the finish line. And, uh, I always admired that. So even from my early career days, you know, in, in the agency, uh, I always wanted to be a full stack individual, full stack contributor. And when I, when I entered into a marketing role, um, that really started to blossom as well. Like I wanted to to understand how everything across the full marketing uh, landscape worked, how it all fit together. Um, even though I was doing product marketing, you know, I, I was starting a podcast, right? And I was creating mm-hmm. content. I was doing webinars. Um, I was helping out with SEO. Um, I was sitting in on uh, the calls with the paid search agency, right? To understand how paid ads were working. So I was getting exposure. I was learning. I was going deep. Um, I was reading a ton. I was listening to a lot of marketing podcasts. So I was really intentionally shaping myself to be kind of a full stack marketer. Um, and I think I was able to carry a lot of that into the conversations that I had uh, for Meet Edgar, where they were looking. I mean, it was a two-person marketing team. They needed somebody who had a f- solid understanding of uh, all the inner workings of, of marketing, you know, and, and kind of how we can take level up each of these individual areas. Um, so that that's kind of uh, the the genesis of it, right? Is I always wanted to be a full stack marketer, and that's exactly what this role was looking for. And was that role a role that had you uh, managing people for the first time? It was, yeah. So it was my first opportunity to manage uh, a fellow marketer. Um, <laughs> so I managed one content marketer um, who was awesome, but it was just two of us, uh, and and I didn't report to anybody above me in marketing. You know, I was reporting to our COO at the time. Yep. Um, so it was a great opportunity to. Uh, have a seat at the leadership table for a small company, um, you know, that, that was doing, doing pretty well, a uh, great opportunity to start managing, uh, another individual, uh, and, and kind of fine tune some of those chops, which I didn't have, you know, in my bag of tricks, my repertoire. So that was, that was, uh, that was really, uh, foundational for me as well to be able to start doing that. And what, what advice do you have for someone else out there? Who's, uh, just took their first management job, management of people marketing role? Uh, what's the tip you can give them based on what you learned? I, I guess my best tip would be um, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Hmm. Uh, if you're a first-time manager, there are so many great schools of thought and resources out there. I read uh, Kim Scott's Radical Candor, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of, a, I guess, a seminal uh, management book now. And, and I really took a lot of that Book to heart. I, I I read a lot, but I've read you know a couple of different books on management, and and that was one where I thought this is the type of manager I want to be. Um, so it it gave me a framework to follow. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, I didn't have to pretend to be somebody that I wasn't because right. the framework already kind of fit with my style, anyways. Um, and it was just a good opportunity, I think, to to have something that I can just plug in and start to evolve. And I would also say for anyone who's a first-time manager, um, everyone's different. There is no one-size-fits-all either. So you'll find a framework or or you'll find a style that works for you, uh, but you're going to have to adjust that based on whoever you're managing. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I manage a couple uh, product marketers now, and it's the same dynamic. You know, you're you're constantly trying to find the right fit for both of you, Um, and I think it's important that you're able to be flexible uh, and and really work to understand what's going to work for both you and the person you're managing. Nice. Great tips there. So you you move on to, to Phenom. So again, let's connect the tissue here between 
you realize that you had to right size your up your your role right now or your path. How do you find Phenom? Do they find you? Do you find them? What, what gets you into the door there? Yeah, I mean, it is a classic textbook case of of solid networking, networking right? Yeah. So you know, networking <laughs> goes such a long way, and I think that you know, once I got the inkling uh, that I was thinking about leaving, and I wanted to at that point. Um, Go into go back into a product marketing role, you know. So I decided that uh, where I was in my life, um, I, I didn't want to have all the responsibility of managing a, a larger mar- marketing function, right? Because I felt there was so much more growth to be had as just just a product marketer, you know. Um, so for me, once I had that inkling. Um, I started doing some research. Uh, obviously, I wanted to stay local. So I started doing research on local companies and, and uh, Phenom popped up. Uh, and I knew that one of my former colleagues uh, from A. Weber actually was working at Phenom, uh, Monica, who's mm-hmm. awesome. So Monica mm-hmm. and I connected. Uh, and I honestly, I just I sent her a quick LinkedIn message. Uh, I think it was right before the holidays, um, 2019. And I remember just saying, you know, hey, I'm not even sure that you guys have anything open right now. Uh, but just wanted to see how things are going at Phenom. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, uh, here's what I'm currently doing. You know, I'm thinking about getting back into more of a larger team setting. I'm thinking about getting back into uh, just a product marketing role. And I was curious if, if you guys had anything available. Um, and she invited me uh, to connect with the VP of marketing at Phenom, uh, Jonathan Dale, who's awesome as well. And uh, he just said, "Why don't you come in and we'll just talk?" They didn't have an open role. There was yeah. no, there was nothing on the website. Yeah. But coincidentally, they've been talking about needing extra muscle on the product marketing side of the house. Um, he has a product marketing background, but he was VP of marketing, so he was doing a lot of the the core product marketing functions. But as VP, he really should have been focused on building the team, right, mm-hmm. and leading the team. So he was looking for someone, even though they haven't started the actual process of looking. Um, but the idea was there. So he asked me to come in. We ended up talking for about 90 minutes, just casually. Um, he said, Hey, do you want to come back in and meet some other team members? I came back in one more time, uh, met with uh, other folks on the marketing team, just informal. Wasn't an interview. It was really just conversational. Yeah. Uh, and he made me an offer for a role that didn't even exist. And I think nice. that really speaks to um, finding the right fit organically. Uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be. Uh, you go through the the rigorous process, um, and and it does boil down to that you know just textbook case of just easy networking. You know, it yeah. wasn't even like I was attending networking events. You know, like I just reached <laughs> out to a former colleague, and you know, we kept in touch in in the off season, the off years. You know, so mm-hmm. it wasn't super awkward to reach out to Monica, and uh, it worked out really well. And I love how you put that as is textbook networking because all it takes is one message. And the one message to Monica that became, she immediately immediately became your advocate. And I'm sure she had nothing but good things to say to the VP, which made it easy for him to say, sure, let's just have a conversation. And I got to tell you that, you know, that happens. How how do I want to say this? Um, Your example of textbook networking is sitting out there waiting to happen for so many people that just decide not to take advantage of it because, one conversation turns into the entire process, which is probably a couple of weeks from first message to first day on the job. And it probably was less than a month that that took, give or take, um, just from sending one message. So I think that's a great, great example. It's about two weeks. Two weeks. Right? It's two weeks. And like, I, I again, <coughs> I, I said, I just had the inkling that I was thinking yeah. about leaving, you know, so it was, it was about two weeks. So it, it was definitely accelerated. Sometimes those things can happen, um, and you know, for for anyone who's listening who hasn't really accepted their first marketing role, so you're probably thinking, well, that that's convenient for you, Tom, because you have Monica and you work together in a marketing capacity, so she knew what you could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have another quick uh, testament to networking. Um, I was teaching at Rosemont College for a bit as as a side gig, uh, just doing a couple night classes there. And the way that I got that role was just from a fellow student of my, or fellow, um, um, yeah, student. So we were in school together. Right. Um, 
uh, her name is Katie. So Katie and I, we went to graduate school together. So we were, we were just in a bunch of classes together. So we got to know each other just from being in class together. Um, she ended up staying at Rosemont College, teaching there full time. Um, and she just reached out to me saying, hey, somebody dropped out. You know, Somebody dropped out of a class and we need a teacher. Uh, do you want to take this on? And I ended up taking that on for about three years. Um, and again, that wasn't uh, colleague to colleague. That was just student to student, you know, and yeah. I think that, you know, even if you're in college now, you know, you're fin- finishing up your senior year, um, definitely look at your peers, look at your fellow students in your class um, and, and start working on those relationships because like even six, nine, 12 months or more from now, they might land their perfect role uh, and they might be the perfect bridge to get you into your perfect role too. Yeah. Something we talk about here with the careers strategy and planning is about the career profile. Part of the career profile is identifying who you know. And if you think about it, if you took time and took a step back and said, who do I know that, that, you know, had a good relationship with, regardless of their, their position, um, you know, Katie's name may have fell on that list. And therefore she may have been a a conversation that you proactively had, but the good news is that passively she found you, but yes, the importance here is that no matter what uh, industry, your peers or colleagues or connections are in, uh, take inventory of those folks. Because if you're in the search, uh, you know, just graduating or about to graduate college this year, you probably have a bigger network than you think. Yeah. So just definitely something to keep in mind. So, so you're at Phenom. We're going to talk more about that and what you're doing there after the break. But just wrapping up the career path section here, you know, I look at the the, the tenure you've had at some of these positions, you know, a couple of years, two years, you know, aside from the meet Edgar role, but we understand why that is. But what's the advice to anyone out there? Because you think about nowadays, six, eight months I'm seeing with marketers that are flipping and then moving on to the next thing, getting, as you say, tugged into the next path position. But what is your advice for, you know, loyalty or tenure at a company for two plus years? What does it take? What do you look for? What, what should someone be looking for if they want that uh, to be theirs? Yeah, that's a great question. I, and it gets a little complex too, because everyone's situation is is, mm-hmm. is different, right? Um, so so for me, a lot of the movement that I've had, you know, has has been tied to uh things that were happening in in my personal life, right? So, you know, it, it's really important, I think, to think that your career isn't something that exists in a bubble, right? right. Um it it has to work with you and and your life and what's happening around you. So if you get married, if you have a kid, if you have three kids, if you have pets, you know, if you, if God forbid you get sick or you get disabled or you want to work in an office or you want to work remotely or travel, like all those things change, right? And I think there's a lot of fluidity to that. Um, so it's it's really uh, helpful uh, when you're at an organization that provides flexibility and kind of is able to kind of morph, you know, and, and really meet you where you are in, in mm-hmm. your life. Um, and I found that, you know, I've constantly looking for my personal career or my professional career to fit with my personal life, you know, so I've seen that. And uh, part of that is understanding when, when I am best suited to be an individual contributor and when I'm best suited to be a manager. Um, and I've had, you know, waves of that, you know, so I think for uh, just in terms of tenure, one of the things I would definitely recommend is is be hyper aware of that. You know, be hyper aware of what's happening in your personal life and be hyper aware of what's happening in the organization. Um, there's always opportunities if you have a good manager to be really open, right? And 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 get to know your manager and and have your manager get to know you, um, so that you can have candid conversations around where in the marketing team or where in the organization. Maybe it's in a different department, right? But where in the organization you can provide the most value at at any given stage in your life, right? And and that should be an open conversation that happens, you know, frequently between you and your manager, or if you are a manager, between you and the people that you manage. Um, because I think that that allows us um, to bring our best selves to the to the best potential role. And that mm-hmm. role can change, right? And I think that that's important. I think people leave because they feel stuck, right? right? And I think the best way to get unstuck uh, is to be open and talk about that, right? Um, and I also would definitely recommend for any listener out there who feels um, uh, who feels like they have to move on. Uh, it's a hard thing to hear, but I, I do think that patience is important. I, I do think that patience is important. And I think that 
you might think that you know everything there is to know about something, or you might think that you're 100% ready to take the next step, like I did when I decided I wanted to go be director of marketing and lead a whole uh, marketing unit. Um, but once you get there, you might find uh, it wasn't what it was all made up to be. You know, like right. a lot of it uh, is, is, is kind of the harsh reality that you face. And I, I probably could have used a few more years in the oven cooking, right? Before I, before, uh, I was unleashed into that role. So I think, I think openness, patience is important. Um, and then, you know, salary is an interesting thing too, because I've seen a lot of people leave during this great resignation, great, uh, big quit era, you know, timeframe. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have left in pursuit of higher salary because it's, it's there, it's available. Um, and I'll never tell someone, uh, you shouldn't leave a job to go get a higher salary because that's a personal choice, right. you know, and, and, and money's a personal issue, you know, but the one caution that I always like to mention, and I've mentioned it to people that I've managed in the past. Um, it's important that what you get paid in, this is my opinion, but I right. think it's important that what you get paid equals the value that you're bringing to an organization. And if you're getting paid more than what you're, bringing to the organization, you know, for more than what you're bringing to the organization, it will catch up to you or you'll have to catch up to it. Right. And I think that that is, is a situation that I've never really found myself in because I've never really chased the higher salary. I've always had salary conversations to make sure that what I'm getting paid uh, is equivalent to what I'm bringing to the table. Right. And I, I never want that to be lopsided. I never want to be paid less for what I'm bringing to the table, but I never want to be paid substantially more because that means that it'll catch up to me or I'm going to have to find a way to quickly bring more to the table, which I may or may not be able to physically do in a certain time period. You know, so that's probably, you know, a couple of different areas where yeah. I'd recommend considering uh, with good. tenure. Yeah, good perspective because you're, you're you're tackling from those those angles. I mean, life stage is definitely important because it drives what becomes a priority in what we need and what we want. So, good stuff. Last question for this section here: Just when you think about everything we've covered here in your path, what in reflecting on this, what is the biggest career moment you've had so far? What what, what career moment has had the most impact for you? I mean, it's a recent one for me. So we recently did uh, Phenom AI Day, which mm -hmm. was a live broadcast that we did uh, at a production studio uh, just outside of our office. And uh, I've been creating content for marketing teams for for years. You know, podcasting, writing blog posts, doing live streams, weekly live streams, webinars. Um, I've done a couple, you know, two three day virtual events uh, at Meet Edgar at Phenom, uh, but the the level of quality and the level of polish and the impact that we saw from this recent event that we did, it just, it just far exceeded anything I've ever done before, uh, personally, but then also with a team. Uh, and I didn't do it alone. I mean, I had a huge hand in kind of the inception of the events, uh, content development, the overall production of the whole thing, but, but it was a great team effort. Um, and it, really accomplished what we set out to accomplish and in a bigger way than anything I've been a part of. Um, so between that, and we also ran a wall street journal ad, you know, in, in, in print, ad, yeah, you know, yeah, so like, yeah. like between, you know, having something I worked on show up in the wall street journal, and then also having this large broadcast event, uh, it was really an exciting period, uh, for me as a marketer to kind of see some of those accomplishments. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, cause it's going to have so many ripple effects for your career moving forward, not just the experience, the connections, but also, uh, the learnings, right? So you'd be able to take whatever you did there and translate it into other projects that you work on in, in the future. Solid. It was a great, great production. I'm sure there's a lot that goes on behind it. Um, but that's good stuff. All right. So we'll take a quick break here and then we'll come back and dive into a day in a life with Tom Tate, uh, product marketer. We'll be right back. Hey there, I want to let you know about a new page we launched on the marketinghelp.co and we built it to address one of the most common questions we get from our members. And that's around finding your next marketing job because the worst place to start your job search is with the job search. And that's the biggest flaw of most marketers today. So we created a hub just focused on helping marketers successfully complete every stage of the marketing job search uh, through courses. Now, go to the marketinghelp.co forward slash courses, and you'll see there's a selection of courses, workshops, and boot camps 
uh, all the way from creating the job search strategy, which is very important, uh, to acing your interviews. Uh, we have a nice resource, uh, the Complete Marketing Interview Questions Guide, which a lot of our members are raving about. So you definitely want to check that course out. Now, the best part is we created learning environments that we know are going to meet the needs of your schedule, but also your budget. So we've got self-guided courses, we've got on-demand courses, and we've even got small cohort expert-led workshops and boot camps. So stop getting frustrated when you're not getting any responses. Start being successful in your marketing job search. Get some control. Go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash courses. Check it out. Now let's get back to the episode. Here we go. Let's let's go day in the life here. You're a product marketer. You 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 were talking more about what you were doing, hinting to what you're doing at Phenom. So let's get it out there. What in a couple of sentences? What is your role? What does your role entail? Yeah, I, you know, we could probably spend the next 30, 35 minutes just talking about what the role is and what it entails. Um, and, and it'll vary from company to company, right? But for for me, when you think about product marketing. Um, it's really the function of the marketing team that that drives products to the market, right? It's bringing products to market. And if you think about the purpose of a business, right? The perfect purpose of a business is to create and retain a customer. And product marketing really helps to identify who is that customer, right? Who is that customer? Why do they care? Uh, really helping to articulate what do we sell? Like, what do we actually sell? Why is it different? Um, how does the customer buy it? How much does it cost positioning, uh, pricing, packaging? So to get there, right, to answer all those questions, um, we collaborate with a ton of different teams, right? We'll collaborate with the product teams, the people who are actually building the product. Um, we also collaborate with the organizational stakeholders. You know, We'll collaborate with our C-suite. You know who has a vision for where the company is going to go next from a product perspective. Uh, and once we figure all that out, uh, a lot of it is getting the positioning and the messaging right. Um, this is probably the hardest part. Uh, it's the funnest part, but it's also the hardest part. It's really making sure that we're we're getting the words right, right, and we're really able to articulate uh, what makes us fundamentally different from the nine thousand other options that someone can can go take off the shelf, you know, and and, and buy and start using. Uh, or what makes us fundamentally diff- fundamentally different than an Excel spreadsheet or some other method that you're doing it might not even be a product. Your biggest competitor might not even be a product. You know, it might just be a different method of doing something. Um, but once we get the messaging and the position positioning right, it's it's building the website presence. It's uh, creating the content, the collateral, enabling our sales teams and our account teams to be able to to talk about this, right? Uh, working with the creative teams uh, to be able to build out launch assets for new products or existing products. Um, and then also there's an adoption component, right? Once a product goes to market, how do we know that customers are actually using it, you know, and then right. that they're finding value out of it? Uh, and then how can we turn that into a, a, a cycle, a flywheel, right? So that we can take our best customer advocates and then turn that into marketing content to attract new customers. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but the the key there, of course, you know, being product marketing is 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 the product, right? It's really getting uh, deep into what is it, why does it exist, and how do we get it to the customer, the right customer? And that's a great, great description of product marketing, and and I and I love it because I get so many questions from a lot of members, uh, clients, mentees, people that I talk to, marketers I talk to all the time, especially the ones that are looking to get into marketing, and they describe what they want to do. And a lot of times it it aligns with what you just described. So the good news is, uh, for those that don't even know what product marketing is, guess what? Um, it exists and it could be a path for you if you align with all the things and have interest in all the things that Tom just went through in, in product. So customers, um, competitors, uh, copy, right? So there's a lot of things that are yeah. in the purview of the product team. And when you look at the team that you have, so what does the cast look like that's on your product marketing team? What are they doing? Yeah. So, you know, when we're thinking about the day to day of product marketing right now uh, here at, at Phenom, uh, when I started, there was just me and, and one other product marketer. So there was two of us. Uh, and we have about 15 product teams, right? So wow. we were lopsided. You know, we, there was definitely a disconnect between how much ground we could cover. Uh, as a product marketing function with the breadth of our product teams and kind of how quickly they were building product and evolving. So uh, I, I've been sounding the horn that we need to expand our product marketing team uh, for a while now. 
Um, so we've we've been effectively doing that uh, over the past uh, year or so. So we've since hired uh, additional product marketers. Um, we've hired a director of product marketer who now sits above me, mm. uh, who has the vision for the team. Uh, he's really casting the vision for how this team is going to build out over the next couple of years. Um, and we've hired a couple of really awesome uh, seasoned product marketers, director of product marketers um, to work alongside me. And we're starting to um, really set the foundation uh, for the practice. You know, and I think this is an important takeaway for any marketer, no matter what area you're in, whatever your discipline is, um, really identifying and starting to formulate like what does your discipline look like? What does your practice look like? Uh, and what what are your playbooks? You know, what's what's your um, your standard run of show? You know, for the mm-hmm. average you know activities that you do, uh, and starting to really bring some maturity and structure to the practice. Um, and that's something we're actively doing. So, in addition to all the day to day stuff that we're doing, uh, we're really building out um, the big picture of what product marketing looks like at Phenom, right? Because it was loose. And it was fluid before, mm-hmm. um, and we've we now have uh, team members who are coming from uh, really some top organizations who have this practice buttoned up completely. Um, and I don't think that we're going to go so far on the pendulum of having it totally buttoned up and completely sure. formulaic, right. you know. But we're going to find that happy medium. Um, but to, to your point earlier, you know, if if somebody has heard about product marketing or they're thinking about it. Um, it's it's really the perfect opportunity to do a lot of things within marketing. You're not you're not uh, tied to just one specific area of, of focus. Uh, you get to get your hands into a lot of different things, uh, and you get to work with so many people. Um, and I think that's what excites me the most. Is like our our day to day. I'm working with now a team of uh, six or seven product marketers, but I'm working with our entire marketing team. We're close to thirty now. Um, I'm working with our international teams. I'm working with our sales teams, our product teams, of course, uh, working with our account management teams, our customer success teams, like it is our partnerships teams. Um, I am constantly engaging and interfacing with so many different assets, uh, aspects of the, of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, and that excites me, you know, so I think if you're that type of person, you know, where you kind of like to get involved, you'd like to work with people. Um, it is a really good area to kind of start to dive into. Right. The collaboration is key there. And, um, you know, when I, when I talk with a lot of new marketers, early stage marketers, and they feel like their only option is to go agency or to go work for a big corporation. But then when I say, think about the products you're using on a daily basis as a marketer, Drift, Canva, MailChimp, whatever it is, go work there. <laughs> Because when they realize that, you know, I'd always love to work for product X, you can. <laughs> and they don't yeah. realize that that team that you just described sits inside of every product that we use as marketers. And what a interesting career path. Uh, the eyes light up when they realize that there's an opportunity to go work for the tool that they love to use that solves so many problems for them as a marketer, which, by the way, is a huge advantage when interviewing. Um, but I love how you, you, you section that off in terms of, all the different teams that you interact with, uh, which again puts you in a pretty unique spot from a from a um, not just from a job security standpoint, but also from a learning and development standpoint too, because you learn from all those other teams and pick up, you know, the key things in their disciplines too uh, as you're rolling everything together yeah. for for product. Not um, not to veer off too far from product marketing, but to your point about going to work for a Drift or a Canva, um, you know, we've seen a lot of. Uh, members of our marketing team who came from sales and and that sales role was their first role, right? Yep. So I would say if there's a company that you absolutely want to work for, right? And you see yourself there, um, you know, it might not be your ideal role, but hey, if you put six, nine, 12 months into a sales development representative role, you, you get to know the product, uh, you get to know the company. Uh, and if you're already a user of the products and, and you're a fan of the products, I mean, you might find a really clear pathway into making the right connections in the organization and finding yourself on the marketing team. Uh, again, patience, it might take some time. It might not be your ideal path, uh, but uh, we've we've done it. I mean, I think we have four members of our existing marketing team who came from Phenom sales roles. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so diving into your team a little bit, how many people do you manage directly? Uh, so I currently manage two uh, two product marketers. Um, and as a as a marketing manager, 
Um, you, you talked earlier about some of the books that are very influential for you, but if you had to describe your management style for your team of two, what is it? I, I like to hope that I'm a really good listener, you know? So yeah. I, I, we have weekly one-on-ones. I think one-on-ones are critical, uh, for any manager, any relationship. Um, and I really do like to ensure that the one-on-one doesn't become a status check or a status update. Um, there's other ways to accomplish that. That can be done asynchronously, you know, mm-hmm. a quick uh, weekly Slack reminder to say, hey, what are your top three priorities for the week or what are your top three accomplishments? Um, we also use an automated tool to, to handle stuff like that. Uh, so for me, uh, the one-on-one time is, is, is their time. It's not my time, it's their time, you know, and I think it's really important you know, to be able to step back and, and just give your team an opportunity to talk. Uh, and it doesn't have to be work related. I think that's important too. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's just listening. Uh, and then when not listening, asking, you know, asking questions, you know, uh, rarely do I tell people, this is how you should do this. You know, uh, I'm, I'm rarely, uh, explaining the way to do something. Um, I'll offer the way I would do something Mm -hmm. if a team member is stuck. Right. But I think that it's important more or less to just help be more of a guide, uh, and, and help them work through some of the challenges or some of the activities that they're going through, uh, just with like gentle, you know, guidance and, and, and not, kind of heavy handedness. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Now for the team of two, did you inherit them or hire them? Um, I've hired them. Yeah. Okay. So yep. um, your tip, cause I know we have a ton of, of hiring managers in the audience too, and some of them looking to, to fill roles. So uh, what are your tips for the, some of those marketing hiring managers when it comes to finding the great talent or finding great talent period, but maybe talk about how you found your great talent, any specific uh, tips or tricks other than using the standard channels. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of my favorite books, uh, one of my favorite authors is Patrick Lencioni. He did yeah. uh, five dysfunctions of a team. Yeah. Uh, he has a book called the ideal team player, and he describes kind of these three qualities of the ideal team player. Do you have it back there? I do. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> hungry, humble, and smart, right? Yeah. Those are the three qualities that he looks for in, in an ideal team player. And those are three qualities that I try to look for in, uh, candidates that I'm uh, considering for a role, and you know, one of the things that I think is important, uh, especially if they've never done it before, I, yeah. I think it's okay to hire someone who's never done it before, right? And I, I think uh, we're always looking for that confidence that this person can do the job. And if they, do, they if they've done it before, it's easy, right? Because you can say, look at all their accomplishments; they've done it; they can come in and do it. Uh, but I think there will be times where you're hiring somebody uh, and it's okay if they've never done it before. Uh, if they can show you that they're hungry, humble, and smart, I think that that can go a long way. Um, I can tell you the two, the two uh, individuals that I hired, um, You know, this is another tip for anybody who's trying to get into product marketing. If you want to make product marketing your career, um, there are some great communities out there. One of those communities is the Product Marketing Alliance. Um, and it's, it's a membership site. It's got a ton of content, but they also have a really, um, active Slack group. And when I discovered that these two candidates came through the product marketing Alliance as a reference, I, it was an indicator to me that they're serious about product marketing, Mm -hmm. right? They want to be, uh, deeper and deeper into this as a discipline, right? It's not that they just want to do the job. Uh, they are interested in surrounding themselves with other product marketers, a community of product marketers. Marketers, They're interested in absorbing the content, right? And understanding what a product marketer could and should do uh, and just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think that that speaks to the hungry aspect of it. You know, yep. it's just like they didn't just apply because they wanted a marketing role they discovered this from a product marketing channel and they want a product marketing role. And I think that that, uh, even if they've never done the work before, uh, is an indicator to me that they're ready, you know, they're ready to do the work. They're ready to learn. They're ready to grow. That's a great point because when I help marketers find their jobs, I talk about signals and the signals that you send off without even knowing it. And I talk about one of those is 
a lot has to do, you know, a lot of signals you can throw from your LinkedIn profile just by doing the right things there. But the association with communities that are relevant to the roles you want, you know, Product Marketing Alliance is a great um, uh, membership site that absolutely says, hey, I'm I'm in here for a reason. Uh, I'm interested in this uh, this content or this is a career. So that, that's a signal that's sending to hiring managers, as you just described. Uh, so just keep in mind, what signals are you sending based on the things you're doing uh, to show yourself as a candidate for the roles that you want? Because it's very clear, we know when we get that applicant that you can tell they're just here looking for a job and they're not looking for a career. And, you know, look, think about those signals is, is definitely a good thing. So I'll go a level deeper here in, in maybe it's with the, the candidates you found when filling those two roles. But I do ask this of every guest just because there's so many different perspectives and experiences. But do you recall any, you know, interview experiences? Um, for example, were there any uh, questions asked of you by candidates that made you think, wow, this person did their homework? You know, is there one question that stood out? And on the flip side, was there one just nightmare um, experience that you can share with others as kind of a cautionary tale, like don't do it? Yeah, I would definitely say if you're interested in a product marketing role, if you bring questions about the product to the table, uh, it shows that you've taken the time to start to understand what the product is that the company offers, right? So I've had candidates um, ask me questions, really intelligent questions about our competitors, right? And and how individual pieces of our product or ways that we position or message our par- product on the website, how that compares to what they've seen on other competitors' sites. So not only did they do their homework to understand what Phenom offers from a product, they started to look into what other competitors in the space were, were doing as well. So it showed to me, uh, to your point, a signal yeah. you know, that they are not only thinking like a product marketer before they even have the role, um, but they want to get to know the product landscape you know, uh, before they even accept. You know? and, and I thought that that was really uh, Im- impressive. Um, now, when I've had product marketing candidates ask me what Phenom does, it, it's a signal to me that they didn't even take the time to, <laughs> to go to the website beyond yeah. the career site, you know, right. and, and, and start to understand, you know, if you don't know what product you're going to be marketing as a product marketer, uh, before you get on that first call, um, you still have some work to do, you know, because you need to be passionate as a product marketer, you still need to be passionate about what product you're marketing, you know? Right. So, so if, even if you are dying to become a product marketer, um, I would still suggest, you know, don't just take any role that you can get, you know, like, like you still need to be passionate about the product that you're right. marketing. And you also need to know a little bit about product market fit, you know, and does it, does it have it, you know, or did it have it now it lost it, you know, right. or is it a new product and it's your job to go get it, you know? And I think those are some interesting questions to talk about. And I think if you can start to talk, talk the talk, you know, with your hiring manager, uh, who are, who are, or whoever's interviewing you, uh, it's definitely a strong signal. Now, if you're just asking uh, zero questions about product and just asking about culture, uh, it's okay to ask about culture, right? But if if all of your questions are around uh, culture and work life balance and and you know a PTO. variety of yeah PTO <laughs> and a variety of things, and you never ask a question about product, or you never ask a question about the product team and how the team is made up, or uh, what types of other areas of the organization do you collaborate with? There's so many great questions you could be asking. Um, so for me, the turnoff is when you lean so hard into non-product questions, um, you know, and 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 never really take the opportunity to start to understand kind of how the organization works and how the product works. Great stuff. Great tips. Um, you know, there's just so much information, especially for product marketing, because you can sign up for the product in most cases, or, you know, do the publicly available research to come to that interview equipped. Um, so as we wrap up here, a couple last questions here for you. One is, listen, since I've known you, right, I know that you're always somebody because of your hunger to be the best at what you're doing, you always have resources, great resources. And you already mentioned a couple, which I'll put in your show notes because there's definitely some good 
uh, books to read, but try to distill it down to maybe three resources that any digital marketer out there should be consuming or thinking about consuming, whether it's to stay, you know, top of the industry, or if there's something that's specific to product marketing, you already mentioned, you know, the one um, community, but top three resources we should, we should know about. Yeah, that's great. Um, I would definitely say, I'll give you one for product marketing first. Um, So I'm a book reader. So for product marketing, uh, there's a book called Positioning Battle for Your Mind. It was written in 1980. (laughs) And I've read it every couple of years and it it just holds up so well. Uh, It's by Jack Trout and Al Rice. Oh yeah. Uh, So I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend Positioning. And there's there's kind of an update to that called Obviously Awesome uh, by a woman named April Dunford. Um, and it's all about positioning. And positioning is one of the most critical skills you can start to harness as a product marketer. So if you're interested in product marketing, those are great primers to get you into the mind, uh, basically the headspace of a product marketer. Um, I would also recommend you know, podcasts. Of course, I'm a huge podcast listener. You're listening to a podcast right now uh, if you're out in the audience. So I would recommend the Marketing Book Podcast. Uh, so the marketing book podcast has been going on for years and years and years. Uh, the host is amazing. Uh, and every week, uh, he reads, he actually reads it. He reads a new marketing book and he'll interview the author. Uh, so what I like to, what I like about that is he covers all different areas of marketing. Uh, so when I think about, when I talk about being a full stack marketer, uh, listening to something like the marketing book podcast gives me uh, the latest and greatest in all different areas of marketing, right? So I can start to absorb that. And uh, it's about 45 minutes to an hour each episode. And if I really like what I heard, I'll go buy the book or I'll get the audiobook and I'll listen to the full thing if it's relevant to me and where I'm at in my career and what I'm doing. So uh, great taste of, of what's happening. And then also on the product marketing uh, side of the house, uh, there's a website called ShareBird. Uh, and ShareBird is just a great resource uh, where product marketing leaders and marketing leaders um, are just sharing. They're just sharing content um, experiences, things that are happening. Uh, but again, uh, you know, if I, if I had to give just one, and this is a cop-out, it's just more podcasts. I mean, there's, there's just so many podcasts yeah. and you can niche down as deep as you want to go. Right. Um, there's a podcast I listen to that is just uh, women leaders in product marketing. Right. And, and it's, it's amazing, you know, just, just to be able to, again, just niche down as deep as you want to go. Right. Um, but if you're interested in SEO, there are SEO podcasts paid, there's paid, you know, like whatever you want, it's there. Um, and you just have to find the right ones that are going to keep you energized, keep you inspired and keep you sharp, you know, keep you educated. Right. Evaluate, taste a couple and then, and pick the ones that fit for you. Yeah. Nice. So, um, any parting thoughts? I mean, is Phenom hiring? Should, if anyone's interested and they're interested to learn more about Phenom, is is uh, open? One hundred percent. Yeah, we're we're always hiring. Uh, head on over to phenom.com. Uh, that's with a ph, and check out the careers page. Uh, again, we have a growing marketing team. Uh, many different disciplines. We have demand generation. We have product marketing. We have content marketing. So there's a lot of opportunity nice. uh, to get the foot in the door. Um, I'd be happy to make any connections with any listeners. Uh, I, I think we have um, uh, a couple of peers that you know knew as well, uh, yeah. Eric, who yeah. found their way to Phenom as well. That's so, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely check out phenom.com. Uh, always hiring. Uh, as far as parting thoughts, I, I mean, I think just enjoy enjoy the ride. You know, like it, it's it's not always going to be linear. It's not always going to be easy. It will be bumpy at times. You might have to course correct, as I have, but. Uh, it's it's fun, you know. If you like what you do and you like the people you're doing it with, uh, and you're committed to again just being hungry and and humble and smart, uh, it, it's a really fun ride in marketing. A lot nice. of different directions you can go. Agree, hundred percent. Where can the audience get connected with you? Where's the best place if they want to go deeper? Maybe ask you some questions about product marketing. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I would say definitely find me on LinkedIn, Tom Tate. Uh, 
just do a quick search. Tom Tate Phenom will probably pull me right up. Uh, but if you send me a message, just make sure you say, Hey, I listened to, uh, I listened to the podcast because if you're a solicitor, I probably won't accept the request. <laughs> um, but yeah, LinkedIn is a great way to connect. Uh, and then I'm also on Twitter, uh, frequently at TNRT. It's my handle TNRT. Uh, and I'm happy to connect on there as well. Awesome. Thomas has been great. Again, a uh, long time in the making. Glad we're able to, to get it together here and uh, glad I was able to get you get you on here, share your thoughts on product marketing. So definitely connect with Tom out there. Uh, Tom, best of luck at Phenom and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. And hey, I'm going to go on the record and thank you uh, for help, you know, pushing my career forward and, and imparting a lot of wisdom on me, a lot of who I am as a marketer and a lot of who I am as a manager. Um, I, I've definitely pulled from you. So uh, I'm going to go on the record on the podcast and say thanks uh, for all that you've done for not just myself, but all the marketers you've interacted with over the years. Thank you. My, my pleasure. And I like to help those uh, that want to be helped. And that's usually what the big driver of it is those that want to push themselves forward and challenge themselves are the ones that are most successful. So my pleasure. All right, Tom. Awesome. Appreciate thanks. it. Okay. All right. A big thank you to Tom Tate for joining the episode Listen, I really enjoyed my time working with Tom. He's a really super smart guy, uh, one of the best in the product marketing business. Uh, Delivered some great advice today and some resources that will help you start your career path in product marketing. Listen, love this story about how some basic networking with a former colleague opened the doors to his current product marketing role, right? All it takes is one conversation. Now, if you're considering a path in product marketing or you're interested in some of the open roles uh, at Phenom, definitely connect with Tom uh, in LinkedIn or in Twitter, and make sure to reference the Marketing Careers podcast, then I'll definitely get back to you. So check the show notes for all the links on how to do that. Now, also don't forget about the resources and support options that exist to every marketer at themarketinghelp.co forward slash membership. So this is your host, Eric Harbison, reminding you what action can you take today to advance your marketing career. <laughs>